could I go? Oh, where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a friend to help me in the end. Where could I go? so dear comfort I get from God's own word yet when I face the chilling hand of death where could I go but to the Lord oh tell me where could I go
keep that same key. <clears throat> what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God. Like a sea, and I 
I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of my Jesus. For the name of Jesus lifted me. Oh, wherever I go, I'll praise Him whenever I can. Surrounds me like a I'll praise the name of Jesus, lift up the name of my Jesus, the name Jesus lifted me. I'm going on with Jesus just the same. I'm going on with Jesus just the same. You may fall. I'm going on with Jesus just the same. I'm going on with Jesus just the same. You may false accuse me, scandalize my name, but I'm going on with Jesus just the same. Oh yes, I'm going. Just the same. I'm going on with Jesus. Just the same. You may false accuse me, scandalize my name, but I'm going on with Jesus. Just the same. Oh, I'm going on with Jesus. Just the same. I'm going. Just the same, you may false accuse me, scandalize me, Jesus, just the same, amen. Let's try that little chorus, God is so good. God is so good, God so
I love him so and I love him so I love him so love him so he's so good to me God is so good and God so good, God is so good, is so good, He's so good to me. One more time, oh yes, God is so good, God is so Disney Church. Amen. Let's see if we can do that. Someone to care. Same key. Someone to care. Someone to share all your troubles like no other can do. He'll come down from sky, brush the tears from your eyes, you're his child, and he cares for you, we've got someone to care, someone to share all your troubles. Like no other can do He'll come down from the sky He'll brush the tears from your eyes You're His child And He cares for you Oh, someone to care, oh, someone to share all your troubles like no other can do. Oh, he'll come down from the sky, he'll brush the tears from your eyes. For his child, and he cares for you. Oh, we've got someone to care, someone to share all your troubles like no other. sky, brush the tears from your eyes, you're his child, and he cares 
like Jesus to be like Jesus on earth I
himself to me. He opened my eyes and now I can see. His word has become a reality on this day, this glorious we're going through is still the best generation we could have lived in it's hard to hard to put that into uh to understand that with our carnal minds isn't it with everything we deal with here amen god is certainly good to us amen, amen. certainly appreciated the service this morning appreciate brother caleb pouring his heart out amen just looking for more of that this evening um next sunday afternoon after the evening service um, be celebrating pastor appreciation um, since October, um, we certainly do appreciate our pastor more than more than any words can say, more than any gifts can be given. Um, we're all here because of the ministry God has given him, and so we certainly want to respect and honor our pastor every day. But we're going to set aside that afternoon after the service um, to do that. So if you remember that, they'll be serving dessert, and also. Um, I guess most everybody, I know a lot of people aren't here, but I guess most everybody knows we switched from the regular texting to the WhatsApp. Um, we're still, we still have some who haven't signed up yet. So if that's you and you want to get on there, if you want to see me, um, I'll get that taken care of for you. If you notice somebody is not on there or if you know someone, if you can help them, if not, send them my way and I'll do my best to help them um, get them on there. We don't want anybody to miss out on any announcements or anything like that. I believe that was all the announcements um, don't have any new prayer requests this evening does anybody have an unspoken prayer request amen let's just bow our heads dear heavenly father lord we thank you for allowing us one more time to come to your house lord not to see each other lord but to worship you for you alone are worthy of anything we do everything we do lord is all because of you and we want to take this time to say thank you Thank you for bringing us here, Lord. Thank you for bringing us out of where you brought us from. Some of us have come so far from out in the world, Lord, and we can never, never thank you enough for that, Lord. But each and every one of us here can say we're here because of you. And Lord, we want to say thank you. We never want to fail to thank you for all you've done, the big things, the little things, Lord. Just thank you from the bottom of our hearts, Lord. Thank you for sending Brother Caleb Campbell our way, Lord, and his family. Lord, I pray you'll just bless him abundantly for his labor. Lord, give him the desires of his heart. Wherever his feet may go, may you just bless him and his family along the way, Lord. Strengthen him and bless him and encourage him as you already have, Lord. Lord, we just give the remainder of the service to you and ask that 
those who'll be traveling from out of town, Lord, you'll give each and every one of them traveling mercies along the way. Lord, just send your angel of protection around them. Lord, and may we all come back here Wednesday night to worship around your word once again. And if we don't, Lord, we'll see each other on the other side. Lord, we just thank you for all you've done. Lord, we thank you for all you're doing because we know you're doing a mighty work here in Covington. And we're so happy to be a part of it. Just thank you for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Let's sing this little chorus as we invite Brother Caleb out. The anchor holds. Key of F. The anchor holds. Though the ship is battered. The anchor holds. Though the sails are torn. And I have fallen on my knees as I face the raging seas. The anchor appreciate that. Um, appreciate the pull for the word as well. Yes. You know, I sure love God's word and I sure love getting around people who love God's word. Yes. Amen. So let's just get right into the word tonight. We're going to open into our Bibles, uh, Hebrews the 11th chapter. Hebrews 11 and verse, we're going to start at verse 32. 
Hebrews 11.32. It says, And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, and of David also, and of Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weaknesses were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and of imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and the caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. And then we're going to catch two verses in chapter 2. Wherefore we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We're going to catch one verse there in Jude, a familiar verse, uh, the book of Jude right before Revelation. Uh, Jude, there's only one chapter, and we're going to catch the two verses, uh, verses 3 and 4. Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there were certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just thankful and grateful, Lord, for another time to gather before you. Father, we pray that you would break the bread of life to us this evening. Lord, we're coming, Father, here on a Sunday night, Lord, just expecting to hear from you, Lord Jesus. The promise is, Lord, that where two or three are gathered, that you'd be there. So, Father, we know that that promise has come to pass now, Father. We know that you're here. We pray that, Lord, you'd have glory and honor in this service, Father God. Anoint us to hear what you have to say in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you as you take your seats this evening. <clears throat> we read there in Hebrews and down through all the ages a group of, of broken people that God used to fulfill His purposes. You go and you read through many of the heroes of the faith and some, some of the ones that made it in there, I can't even grasp, grasp sometimes. Samson, failure after failure. Gideon, the man who comes before God who almost looks like a coward, doubting God's purpose in his life, lays multiple fleeces before the Lord. Rahab, the Bible calls her a harlot. She was a prostitute for most of her life. Jacob, a man of flaws and failures. It just gives me such courage that he can take little broken down me 
full of flaws and complexes and failures and still fulfill His purpose in my life. Praise the Lord. What was it? What, did they, what happened there? They stopped looking at themselves. Gideon had to deny his vision of himself because all he saw in himself was a weak and unable man. He had to lay down his own thinking and place trust in the perfect one, the infinite one. Amen. Aren't we so glad that we have a perfect one that we can place our trust in? We have our Lord Jesus who came down from glory, a perfect throne in a perfect place, subjected himself to temptations and sickness and lowliness of human life so that, he, so that we could be blameless and so that we could have fellowship with him, so he could bring us back into and redeem us to his fellowship. Imagine that someone who loved you so much that he subjected himself to torture, to be cleansed, and as the scripture says, to fulfill all righteousness. I thought it was amazing. I was thinking about that scripture not long ago there in the Gospels where Jesus comes to John and says, it's time for you to baptize me, John. This was the man John, had, he had dedicated his entire life to, Jesus. And, and, you know, talk about a crazy man. This guy lived in the wilderness and ate bugs, it says, for every meal. It probably smelled horrible. You know, most people thought John was a total, a total nutcase, but none of that mattered to John. Amen? His eyes were fixed on one thing, and that was to fulfill God's purpose in his life. And he spent his whole life preparing for the moment to meet his Savior. His life was just a pit stop on his road home. Our entire lives, as fragile as they are, are just a pit stop on the way home. Matthew 3.14, But John forbid him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and thou comest to me. I just think of that moment in amazement for a moment. Just Jesus tells him, look, John, we have a greater purpose that we have to fulfill here. We have to fulfill all righteousness. And this word that you've preached so faithfully all your life says this is we, what we need to do to fulfill that. For the blood all down through the ages, the, the blood of the bulls and the goats and the animals, it could never take away the sin. It was just a covering. It was just something temporary. But I've come to erase it completely. But in order to fulfill that portion of the word, a perfect sacrifice must be shed. A perfect sacrifice must shed blood. Amen? The law to cover those sins, it was just a shadow or a precursor of what I'm about to fulfill, Jesus says. But it has to be this way. Don't you just love the humility of our Savior? It makes me so ashamed sometimes. I, you know, I can look at the creator of the universe, humbled himself so low to have a sinner baptize him. He told him, John, we've got this thing we've got to fulfill. And I can just imagine John thinking back on those scriptures that he preached his whole life there in Isaiah and in Malachi and all these things that he knew needed to happen and he knew needed to be fulfilled. And now it came time to the point and he, you know, he, it, you know it's, it, it's, it all struck him. You know, you want me to baptize you? When he comes to the point when it when he baptizes Jesus and the clouds begin to open, just, just put yourself in that situation for a minute. At, standing there watching those clouds open supernaturally, you see the light of the world descend down and like a dove and you hear the voice speak. The same voice that Ezekiel describes as the voice of many waters thundering down. The sweetest sound you've probably ever heard. And to hear those faithful words, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Amen. 
And he's not far away from one of the greatest sufferings, the greatest suffering anyone could ever face in order to fulfill all righteousness so that we could be redeemed. Glory to God. This quote comes from, It's your life worthy of the gospel. Amen, friends. If you want to go listen to a sermon this week, go listen to, Is your life worthy of the gospel? Can we ask ourselves that question tonight and be real with ourselves? Is your life worthy of the gospel that you read about in Hebrews where they were sawn asunder, where they, where they were tried and, and all of these things happened? Is your life worthy? He starts by quoting where, where John and Jesus were talking about the baptism and he says, Suffer it to be so, John. Remember, it behooveth us to fulfill all that God has promised. And I am that sacrifice, Brother Random says, I've got to wash, be washed before presented. Oh my. And today, when the evening lights are shining, when there's not a man in his right mind but what can say, any Bible scholar looked in the Bible knows this is the last day, then it behooves us to fall from these big walls or get away from these things and to get into the righteousness of Jesus Christ in the last day and to take on the seal of God before the devil gets his mark on the beast. He said, uh, pray God to let the light of this day raise in you to be an obedient servant to God and then let the fruit of the Spirit ever remain in you. And that is a life worthy of the gospel. He says, paragraph 272, let me say this in closing. The only way that you can live a life that's worthy of the gospel is let the gospel itself, every bit of the gospel, come into you and reflect His promises back. Make them vindicated. Let God live in you to vindicate the promises of this day. Just as John, just as Jesus said to John, suffer it be so, John, that's right, but we are the messengers of the day and we've got to fulfill our righteousness. And if we are the Christians of this day, let us receive Jesus Christ into our heart. He is the word. Don't deny any of it. Say it's the truth and place it in your heart and you watch the fruit of the Spirit upon you and fulfill every promise that He has made in the Bible. God wants to fulfill His word. And He don't have any hands but my hands. He don't have any hands but your hands, the prophet says, I am the vine and ye are the branches. The branches are what bears the fruit, he says, and the vine energizes the branch. That's the life that's worthy. You've got a life that's in you that God has foreordained from the, before the foundation of the world to live through you. And He's what energizes you. Amen? And there is a life in you that needs to be lived out. Hallelujah. He wants to fulfill His Word, He says. And He chooses people like Samson, like Gideon. Who these people don't make any sense. Why would you choose this man? He has, he's so full of failures. Why would you choose me, Lord? I'm the biggest failure I know. Why would you go this route? Because God has a way to take weaknesses and to make them strong by His Word. Hallelujah. Here is something to console us, he says. Brother Branham says, in perfect strength by perfect weakness. Wonderful sermon. He says, here is something that encourages. Out of weakness and humility, God chooses the people to build His kingdom out of. If we ever get to heaven, if we ever stand in the presence of God with His church, we'll stand with a bunch of people that's been weak and rejected and cast out by the world. And know nothings. Amen? Oh, Praise the Lord. I love this quote. It struck my heart when I read this in paragraph 122. But God's side was weak and humble. And that's how God used them. That's God's opportunity. That's God's way of getting to us is when we're weak, we get something then. This encourages, of course, because God's whole kingdom is built out of these kinds of people. Then when you get that kind of way, you, you're in His kingdom. Hallelujah. 
The word opportunity that Brother Random says is what God uses in you. The word opportunity, a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. You see, God doesn't have flesh here on earth anymore. He descended back into heaven. But He uses vessels, human beings, to build His kingdom with. Frail, weak human beings. Amen. To build the greatest kingdom that's ever been established, ever. And you exposing your flaws can become God's opportunity to expose the enemy, to deliver something, to deliver you, and then to use it for a strength in your life and in others' lives. Hallelujah. He needs those people who deny their own ability to make it possible for Him to do something. He doesn't need our abilities. My so-called abilities is what hinders me so much. It was, it's what hinders me sometimes preparing for services. I keep trying to push my own will. Oh, I'd kind of like to go this way. That, look, it's the Lord's service. Whatever you have in your life, it's the Lord's service. Me thinking that I can do something when the Lord needs less of me. You know, it's your inabilities that God can actually use for His glory. You know, I don't grow in my walk with Christ knowing that Moses was a strong military leader. I don't grow in my Christian walk knowing that Paul had the best education all around. I don't grow in my walk with God knowing that Peter was a good fisherman or was a master swordsman. I don't grow in my walk knowing Abraham was a great farmer or that Luke was a doctor. I grow watching their submission to Jesus. I can grow when I see Peter go from denying Jesus with a raging temper to preaching the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I benefit from knowing that through their weaknesses, God could use them. I grow watching Paul's life be transformed, seeing him deny his own abilities. Those weaknesses became God's opportunity to further His kingdom. Do you realize if you ever confess your weakness, if you don't ever confess your weakness, God may never get glory from delivering you from those things. Don't we want to give God glory this morning, this evening? Hallelujah! He may never get the glory if you don't ever expose that weakness in your life. Because everybody's got them. I've got so many of them. Everybody's got them. And sometimes we have to recognize that we are weak humans. We're frail. We make mistakes. We do these things. But we've got a great big God who knows how to fix it. Hallelujah. You know, we're not supposed to classify sin, or, you know, greater or less, but sometimes we can do that. We, we can do that as, as humans, right? You know, and if we classify things, you look at David's life, and he had some pretty big mistakes. You look at the failures, you know, that he had, and they look, they're pretty monumental. But God was able to use those failures and teach mankind what it was to reconcile with their Creator. And when God confronts us, some, sometimes He'll bring, us, uh, bring something by our way to help discern whatever flaw is in you. I want to turn over in 2 Samuel chapter 12. You know, when, when, he, when, when this happened and there was this great thing, this great thing that happened in David's life, this, this great sin, 
God put it on a prophet's heart to go to David and to tell him this thing. But he, did, he had a certain way about doing it. Amen? 2 Samuel 12, 1-9 And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, and one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was coming to him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. He's exposing what David had done. David, you're a great big king and you can have whatever you want. You can have whatever wives you want. You can have whatever flock you want. And you choose to take my faithful servants and then you choose to kill him. And then you choose to have adultery with his wife. And David's anger, he comes in a parable like this. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that had done this thing shall surely die. At this point in time, David didn't know that he was talking about himself. Oh, verse 7 says, And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee over king of Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wife into the bosom, and gave thee into the house of Israel and Judah. And if it had been too little, I would have overgiven you even such as these things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with a sword, and thou hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon? There was such wisdom in that, and it, and it made plain what was going on in his life. And what was David's reaction to it? Amen. Sometimes, saints of God, God is a way of doing things in your life to expose flaws, to expose, expose mistakes. There's no mistake too big that God can't fix. But sometimes there's a hard road to get it fixed. Amen. But if you're willing... If you're willing to take what God said and, and, and humble yourself enough to admit that you're wrong, David came with a humble heart. Remember, David is a man after God's own heart. He, when he realized that it was him and his wrong, oh, he had such a, an expression of repentance before the Lord. What is your reaction, saints, when something, when God corrects something in your life? I put myself in that. Sometimes, sometimes I can be hard-headed. Sometimes I can be stubborn. Yeah. Oh, but if God would correct you in something, then we ought to heed to that and we ought to make it right. Amen? Amen. And you see, out of one of David's greatest failures, hallelujah, taught me Psalms 51, Lord, blot out my iniquities. Purge me with hyssop. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Amen. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and restore unto me the joy of my salvation. You know, sin and mistakes and failure, they take away the joy of your salvation. But God, rich in mercy, is always eager to reconcile whatever it is that is causing that hindrance. He's always eager. He's more eager than any of us. I was reading the story of the prodigal son with my wife some time ago in a devotion, and it was diving into how that father felt. 
And in traditional Middle Eastern culture, to ask for the inheritance while the father is still in good health would be to say that the son is anxious for the father to die. He would have brought tremendous shame on himself and his family, not to mention the hardship of having to divide up and most likely sell tangible property, the working assets of the family business prematurely. It was a request that never should have made, never should have been made, and one that no Middle Eastern father would have agreed to. In fact, what the son was asking for would have been deemed foolish and unreasonable in any culture. I know it was a parable God God, God used in those gospels, but those those things did not matter to that father. He didn't dwell on what the son should have done. He didn't dwell or hold a grudge on what the, on, and let that thing fester and grow. He was eager. And he prayed daily for his son to return. That father's love exceeded human understanding. You know, especially the thought process of today. Cut that person off. They've taken advantage of you. But did not our Lord say to pray for those that despitefully use you? He's longing for those sons and daughters to return home. All of creation is longing for those sons and those daughters to return home. Those last few sons and daughters that need to hear the word preach and surrender their life to it, those are the ones that's holding back the coming of the Lord. Amen? He's patiently waiting because he won't lose even one. Hallelujah. A friend of mine sent me a sermon not long ago, and, and the brothers started talking about Peter in a way I just had never heard before. You know, we all see Peter tra- Peter's transformation in the Bible from when he had this great temper and he cut the ear off, and then just a few short hours after uh, trying to defend Jesus, he then denied him three times. You know, and above all that, the Gospel of John records that the person Peter denied Jesus to was the very same man that he cut off his ear in the garden. In John 18, verses 25. But think about what the other disciples thought of Peter during that period in time. The scripture here, there in Mark 16, when the angel told the two Marys to go and tell the, the disciples that Jesus had risen, he says to go tell the disciples and Peter. Almost as if the disciples had written off Peter as not being a disciple anymore. Just speculation, but bringing it down to reality for a minute about those men and women on the day of Pentecost. Watch it, standing there watching as Peter became the spokesperson for Pentecost. They had to bring into subjection the, any thought that they had against Peter and what he had done because they had to be in one mind and in one accord. And I'd imagine that maybe some of them, maybe, maybe that's why, just speculating, maybe that's why it took them 10 days to get him there. Because maybe they had in their thought process, well, man, this guy Peter, the spokesperson here that they've chosen, this guy, he, you know, he denied Christ. Why is he even up in this upper room? See, sometimes the things that we think, you know, we have this, we have this earthly thinking. God's thinking's way up here. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He's infinite in his wisdom. Amen. Glory to God, if, we, <clears throat> if we're ever honest with ourselves, sometimes we can be guilty of having that same kind of thought process. You know, well, maybe that person isn't in church right now. Maybe if they would just do this and just do that, or, you know, we, or even worse, you know, we, we write them off because they're not where they're at currently. You know, they're not where they need to be. How much time is wasted on thoughts like that 
If we could just rise above that. What if, what if they're just a few days from reconciliation like Peter was? And take those thoughts in, into subjection and you use that energy that you use those thought processes for to pray for that person. Hallelujah. The prophet says this, you keep flashing that light in humility and sweetness. Let's all grow closer to God by humbling ourselves. See, don't forget this tabernacle will lose its strength. Remember that this is the target where Satan has got every gun in hell trained on. He'll cause one person to do something that's contrary to what the other one thinks. He's doing that. He's up to it. That's his business. If he can get someone to say something, someone to talk about another, say, well, listen, do you know so-and-so did? Don't you listen to it? Don't you listen to it at all? That's the devil. See, it's Satan, the prophet says. Don't you believe it? If there is anything that somebody has done wrong, pray for them. And don't pray in a selfish way. Say, I know it's my duty. I've got to pray for that brother. You take it to your heart really down for that sister and you talk and be real sweet. And the first thing you know, you find them right back in service again. See, because we're all headed toward the setting of the sun. Hallelujah. Lift them up in prayer. They could be Peter. The moment that we stop praying for the lost is the moment that, that we need to come back to repentance. Amen? Amen. Philippians 2 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in the lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. What a verse. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And let... It's a command that we have, to, we have to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Esteem high, others higher than ourselves. All those heroes of the faith, it all started with who through faith wrought righteousness, obtained promise, stopped the mouths of lions. Who through faith had trials of cruel mockings, were sawn asunder, tempted, tried. And all of these things in the scripture says, having obtained a good report through faith, out of weaknesses, Samson weak, Samson's weakness became the Lord's strength, amen? Gideon's lack of courage became the Lord's strength. It wasn't their own mental fortitude in something, but by, by faith, by the faith that the Lord granted them to have, amen? And it takes us out of the equation. I, I want to be out of the equation. God placed something in me, now though in faith cometh by hearing, and if I let this mind be in Christ, then I'm taken out of the equation because God's going to do this thing through you, amen? Our only strength should be to recognize all of our weaknesses. Jude comes in his epistle and writes that famous quotation, I urge you, brethren, that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Earnestly contend. Amen. Can we say that in our hearts, Lord? I'm earnestly contending. I'm fighting with all my might and all my strength to keep that same gospel alive. That word earnestly means with sincere and intense conviction. What is our conviction tonight? Can we honestly tell ourselves that in the realms of being, it's, it's in the realms of being sincere and intense. Amen. Brother Branham comes here and he cares. Do you care? 1963, unless you are deeply sincere, paragraph 62, and you cannot be sincere until you're positive. Understand, if you're presuming or guessing or hoping so, then there cannot be a depth of sincerity that God requires. It 
faith is not a hope so or it could be right. It's got to be absolutely amen. It's your ultimate. It's your absolute. It's the thing that you're tied to, see. You have to come to your ultimate. That is, it is the truth, and there it's nothing but the truth, and it must be. And then when you realize that in your mind, then you've got to approach it with your whole life, your soul, your body, all that's in you. Just completely sell out to everything. As Jesus so graciously taught us in the man buying pearls and he found the one of great price, he sold others to get to it. All the truths and everything that he had, though they were good pearls, this one meant all to him. And when you find God's ultimate, His Word, a promise upon a certain thing, you must know first that it is God's Word. Then the thing you're seeing being done is God. There's no maybe so or it could be or it looks to be. It is God. Then when you get to that spot, there's the pearl of a great price. You must get away from anything else, anybody else tells you that's contrary to it. You must not look at what man has achieved. You must look to what God had said and what He promised. Glory to God. That's your ultimate. As the Lord was laying, laying this thought in my heart, I just thought of the lives we live. I feel more guilty sometimes than anybody here tonight. Do we get stagnant in our walk? Or still, you know, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. But even if you are moving forward, is our, is our moving forward going slow and without a real purpose? Moving about going, you know, going to work and having your activities and going to social things and, and living life. And maybe you read your Bible, maybe you, maybe you play a tape. But are you earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints? Hallelujah. Sometimes we can forget our main purpose here. I was so checked the other day. I read this quote Brother Brandon was referring to Ezekiel 9.4. And the Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within the city. And he poses the question, How many of us spend actual time in prayer for the abominations that are done in the city. He says, if that same angel were to go through the midst of the city and put on the mark of our foreheads of only those that sighed and cried and prayed and travailed for the sinners and prayed and travailed for the lost and prayed and travailed for those souls that are wondering, how many of us would have that mark on us? You know, people talk about bringing back, you know, bringing back the old and the old-fashioned way of doing things. I say that we make this popular again, getting back to an old-fashioned, rugged prayer life. Getting rugged in our dedication to the Lord Jesus. Getting serious about praying for those who are struggling. Earnestly contending for that same faith where they sold all their possessions and they moved about from city to city preaching and teaching and adding to the church daily. The same faith that our prayer meetings when we get together that the presence of the Holy Ghost can go some, so, become so strong like there in the book of Acts that the building literally shakes. The same faith that you could pray for someone that is actively killing you and stand as an intercessor for them. The kind of faith that we can esteem brothers and sisters higher than ourselves. We forget those who have gone before us and suffered and bled and died just so that all righteousness could be fulfilled. 
Hebrews 11 says, They without us should not be made perfect. They went through those things for God's purpose to be fulfilled. And then those very next few verses where it says that we're also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, laying aside the weights and the sins. You know, we've got a great cloud of witnesses. We've got a lot of things in our life, a lot of distractions, a lot of, a lot of, of, of work, a lot of things that we do. There's a great cloud of witnesses. But can we, can we take those things in the 11th chapter and can we seed it into our hearts so that we can come in the 12th chapter and lay aside? those things that are besetting to us. Lay aside those weights and, and bring into captivity all of the things that are against the mind of God. Knowing what they went through for that purpose, knowing what Jesus did for us, can we lay aside those things that beset us? Hallelujah. When I'm up there fellowshipping with believers who have gone before me, I don't want my testimony to be a melancholy life, saints. I heard this preacher dramatize this for, and I hope it's okay to plagiarize for a minute, but he just dramatized, you know, when, when you're up there and you're talking to some of those saints in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, we're going to be talking to them one day. Can we say with our hearts that we contended for that same faith? Can you say with all your hearts that, that, you, that you wanted to be in service? Can you say with all of your heart that, that, you, that you prayed through? Can you say with all of your heart that I wasn't dragged to the finish line? I wasn't half in that I got so busy with work and school and life that I had to be dragged to the finish line. When, when someone comes and says, how, how, did you, how did you go out? I was sawn asunder. What was your life like talking to those who lived before us who couldn't even have church? Talking to those who didn't have access to a Bible and yet fought the good fight of faith. And they finished strong. And they without us. Hallelujah. We just have a few more days to labor here. Let us finish strong. Those things holding you back, dedicate it to the Lord this night. Don't let one more day go by. Earnestly contend for that faith. Not a watered-down modern version. Don't let a watered-down modern version of a gospel deceive us into thinking that the gate is not narrow anymore. That the, that the way is not a, a narrow way that the Bible says and few will be that will find it. Hallelujah. In the book of Nehemiah, when they were rebuilding the wall, their enemies kept trying to send messengers to distract the people. You know, and it seemed harmless. They just, they just wanted to have a meeting. Amen? But the Lord gave him some discernment. He knew what their purpose was to harm them. It said that the workers had hammers in one hand and swords in the other hand, and four different times they sent messengers to try to talk and distract. And each time, Nehemiah rejected the invitation because he had the same discernment to know that he had a work to do. We've got a work to do, saints. Don't get distracted. Let's have that same discernment. Everything else is at the bottom of the priority list. Save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen? Crucify those things that take you away from God. Nothing can hinder the work that God needs finished. And we've got to work. God's got a purpose in all this. You know, do we always know exactly what it is? No. Do we always know His purpose in doing things? No. And I may never know in this life certain things that He does. 
But in my weaknesses, He is made strong. And my job is to earnestly, with sincere and intense conviction, contend for that faith. Run with patience the race set before me. Don't let your job distract you, entertainments. Young people, don't let the busyness of life distract you. Stand up for righteousness. Bring back the holiness of the gospel. You know, some, some may think, you know, it's cool to listen to certain music. I think it's cool for Christian to be the only kind of music. You may think it's not a big deal what you wear. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't look as bad as the world. But it means everything to me, how I represent my Jesus. And it should always mean everything to you, how you represent your Jesus. You know, you may get quiet when someone tells a bad joke or you even laugh a little. I think we ought to bring back rugged Christianity that stands up for righteousness and detest when someone offends the Holy Spirit. Remember, you've got a spirit living in you that is a Holy Spirit. And when something comes across your way, you allow yourself to enter into a conversation and the Lord can actually be displeased with that and He can step away and He's a gentleman and, he, and you can offend that spirit. I never want to offend my Lord. Amen. Men and women have fought and died so we could have this precious Bible today. We ought not to let it build up dust on our shelves. We ought to eat it as we read earlier. Eat it every day. You know, and with the amount of just the distractions, I know this is simple tonight, but with the amount of distractions that plague us, it calls for a fresh dedication right now. One of these days there won't be church anymore. It'll be going home time. God's purpose will be fulfilled. And I want my calling and my election to be sure. We ought to make sure that there's enough oil in our lamps. Amen. Those wise ones kept oil in their lamp. And when it came time to keep the fire burning, they already had the oil. We are to fill our lamps tonight. Amen. Brother Branham says, Perfect strength, perfect weakness. Paragraph 217, he says, You won't be harnessed up like a bunch of these theologians with your collar turned around and a Bachelor of Arts degree. But brother, you'll have something in your hand. And long as the Spirit of God will get it into that Word, it'll conquer and bring back them lost sheep that's gone astray. Amen? Confess your weaknesses. Throw off your doctrine of divinity. Throw off your know-it-all, your membership. Strip yourself before God, spiritually speaking, and call yourself unworthy. Then God can go to using you. Just don't say it from your mouth. Bring it from your heart, the prophet says. Jacob, David, they had to strip themselves. He was the weakest man in the crowd, Brother Branham says. You know, in Acts 2, you know, they spoke and it says, Scripture says, 18 different languages, the things of God. They were, the people were amazed, the Scripture says, and, you know, and yet some were in doubt, Acts 2.12. You can be astonished at the works of God. You can see a, the prophet, you can see the amazing works and the wonders that are performed and yet still be in doubt. Brother Bannon talks about that very thing with the Sanhedrin Council. Nicodemus said, talking of, uh, talking of what Jesus said in 1955, earnestly contend for the faith. He says, we know that thou art a teacher from come from God. Nicodemus said this. For no man can do the things that you do, the miracles you do, except God be with him. They knew that that was him. But for prejudice, selfishness, not ready to have self-denial. To renounce your own surroundings and accept him. Yet they recognized that it was God. 
You can recognize that this is the message of God. But if you don't recognize it and act upon it in your life, then you stay as Nicodemus stayed. That you can see the works of God and you can recognize it to be the works of God. Oh, glory to God. Don't let yourself be found in that category, saints. Hallelujah. Have, have self-denial. Renounce your surroundings and accept Him. He says, isn't it strange that God likened us to sheep? A sheep is the most helpless thing there is. There's nothing so insufficient of defense than the sheep. Paragraph 119 of Perfect Strength by Perfect Weakness. A rabbit can run, a squirrel can get in a tree, a dog can bite, a lion can tear, a horse can kick, a bird can fly, but a sheep stands helpless. And that's the way that God wants us. Realize that we're totally insufficient. And then God takes that person and begins to mold Himself into that person. Make His hands do what God's hands would have done. Make His lips speak what God's lip would speak. Because they're not His, they're God's. He begins to build character. He begins to take this weakness and to make it His own self. I've often said the greatest enemy i got is William Branham. He's the one that gets in God's the way. Amen. I often said I realize that myself is my greatest enemy. He is the one that gets lazy. He's the one that gets into a place sometimes where he thinks he can do something about it. And when he does, that shoves God right off the picture. But when I can get rid of that guy, when I can get to a place that he is out of the way, then God can come over and do the things that William Brenham knows nothing about. When you can allow God to do the things that we know nothing about. Hallelujah. He says this in Humble Thyself, 1963, and God can only operate as we let Him operate. My goodness. There's so many things, uh, wonderful things that I'm saying. Um, Brother Branham says this, paragraph 75, you know people want power. And really they don't know what power is. See, they don't really know what goes with it. The way up is down always. If you want power, you see how humble you can get. You just get away from all of your worldly thinking and humble yourself before God. And then you've got more power than the man that runs all up and down the building and makes a big lot of noise, see? Because you have been able to conquer yourself and commit yourself to Christ. You see, to humble yourself before Him. That's real power, he says. Come into a place of real humility where we can learn to deny ourselves. We talked earlier about God's opportunity, amen? He used your hands and your feet to minister this gospel. He uses your hands and your feet to be, to be lights to the world. But never forget that it's His strength working through you. A fully surrendered life to God, there's nothing that can stop that. But if He does choose you for something, you know, logically speaking, human thinking can start to maybe lift up those men and those women up. But it's merely Christ in that man. Amen? We aren't nothing without Him. It's not, it's, if my life was in control, I'd be out of my mind. He brought me through. He cleaned up my life. And there's still so much that He needs done and you know, the more I realize about myself, the more I learn about myself, the more I realize, the more broken I am. And the more that I need God. But thanks be to God, He's doing a work. Hallelujah. You know, then as you get to the place where you turn those weaknesses that you feel, those mind battles, and you bring them before God, God will be faithful to remind you of who you are. 
He told Gideon, I know you think you're weak and you're a coward, but in my eyes, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. Caleb, I know that you think you can't do anything, but in my eyes, you're a mighty man of valor. Put your name there. I know you think you're nothing in the kingdom of God, but you're mighty in my sight because I chose you to take this gospel in the last hour when it's the hardest, most impossible thing to do. And I chose you to stand. Glory to God. He reconciled with Peter after Peter denied him and cursed him. Paul was in those with the crowd of those that killed Stephen, yet God used him. He made Jacob a prince, a great big liar, a deceiver. Those men and women full of failures, he fulfilled his purpose in their lives because out of weaknesses they were made strong. I know I'm guilty of it many times. I get distracted with the here and the now. I lose track of what's most important, but don't lose sight, saints of God. I know maybe you think you can't finish this race. You're overwhelmed, but the Lord says that I see that you've already finished the race. I just need you to keep contending. I just need you to keep fighting. I just need you to keep pressing. Amen? Devil comes in with mind battles that we, that we can entertain sometimes. You don't have the Holy Ghost. You're a weak Christian. These people think this about you. Then those things can turn into a complex. Then those complexes can become hindrances in your life. You know, the last thing the devil wants you to do is confess something. Because God is the high priest of your confessions. But I'm going to take every thought subject and I'm going to confess my thoughts before the Lord. Confess my faults. Confess I'm weak. Because, Lord, your word says in my weaknesses you can be made strong. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The important thing, one of the important things we must, we must master, Brother Branham says. He says, now remember this, and especially you young preachers and lay members alike. There's one thing we've got to master if we expect to fulfill God's desire in our life. That is, we have to master the thought of human ability. If we ever get into a spot where we think that we can do it with our own intelligence and our own abilities, we've got to master in such a way that we can rid, get rid of the thing and lay it aside so that God can use us. That's right. And make a complete surrender. We cannot use one ability. We've got to make a complete surrender. Come to God. You've got to surrender to Him, both soul, body, and spirit. Everything that you are has to be surrendered to God so that He can work His will in you. He goes to say, now that's hard I know sometimes because we're always wanting to put our part in. Something we know that we want to do. Say, well I just know that it should be done this way. See, God, Brother Benham's exposing just some of the simple frailties in our human walk. I know that I think that it should be done this way, but as long as you're doing it, it's going to be wrong, the prophet says. And God will never use that effort. Maybe with the help of the Lord, we're going to get into a few minutes and just show how God cannot use your ability. And then he gets into it a couple paragraphs later. He says, when we are expecting, say, this guy, he's a real great person, this person, I'll just lean upon him. That displeases God when you do that. We must lean upon God and God alone. We mustn't trust the ability of ourselves or any man. We must completely yield to God. No ability, I don't care who it is, will ever be usable in the sight of God. God has to get all of our abilities out before He can achieve His purpose. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And I want Him to achieve His purpose 
in my life. Amen. Amen. Who's, who, who, who's with me tonight? Amen. Our strength isn't tied to our ability. It's tied to our surrender, saints of God. Those contending that those early saints did that Jude spoke about, it wasn't, be, it wasn't anything besides the fact that they lost their own life. Each one of them who threw faith got to lay down our own abilities. We got to surrender to the working of God in our own life and do it the way that He's called us to do it. Amen. Let's just stand to our feet this evening. Praise the Lord. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Amen. Are you just happy to be in the house of God tonight? Glory to God. Just a few few ending comments here. Brother Benham says, This morning might be the time that you make up your mind whether you're going to listen to what the television says or what the paper says or what the theologians say or what God says. Let me tell you as a people, don't you listen to what anything says but what God says. You wait on that still, small voice, and He will change you. You say, I like to believe, Brother Random. I wish I could believe. I wish I could do certain things, but you can't. Why? You don't get quiet long enough. You don't get into a place where the doubts are all gone. When you enter into a place where the doubts have passed away, then you'll be free, and you can hear the voice of God speaking Child of mine, I am your Savior. Child of mine, I am your healer. You don't have to do these things. I died that you might be free. I died to fulfill all righteousness. But as long as you're down here in the vibration, mixed up with all the kinds of voices, just whirl them all away. What simple instructions. Just whirl all those voices away. Amen. Amen. If we just raise our hands tonight, just go before the Lord. Just one more time to yield to your gospel this evening. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you and we're so grateful and thankful, Lord Jesus, just for, Lord, another time to spend in your presence, just for a few more minutes, Lord. Father, we pray that you just take the word, Lord God, that you laid upon our hearts, Father, you'd seed it. Lord God, and in the people's hearts, Father God, Lord, I know many times, Lord, I've got so many things, Lord, in my life, Father, that I want less of me and more of you, Father. Maybe there would be one here tonight, Lord Jesus, that they've got something, some hindrance in their life, Lord God, maybe some distraction, Lord, maybe some weight that they want to lay aside, Lord God, something besetting, Father. Lord, some hindrance, Father. I just invite them tonight with me, Lord, to just lift up their hands, Father, and just give it to you, Lord. Lord, sometimes you hear the word surrender, Father. Surrender more of yourself to you, Lord. Lord, sometimes that seems so far-reaching, Lord Jesus, but just simple instructions. Lord, we just surrender now, Father. Lord, we expose the weaknesses in ourselves, Father. I've got many of them, Lord. You discern my heart, Lord God. Father, maybe bring to the surface what you would have need of, Lord, for me to change, like you did there with Nathan the prophet. Father God, Lord, discern maybe something in my life that needs to be gone, Father. Lord, and just fill me with your spirit, Father, a fresh refilling tonight, Lord. I pray as we go from this place tonight, Lord God, that 
Lord, we wouldn't just leave church, Father God, that we would take it with us as we go, Father. Lord, that we would go on the Mondays and on the Tuesdays, Father God, and we would, we would remember the word that you would have spoken to us, Father God, and that we would continue to water that faith in our hearts, Lord God. Lord, we know that faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the Word, Father God. So as simple instructions, Lord God, we, we cast down those things, the, the voices, and we let them whirl away, as the prophet would say, Father God. And we let the faith, Lord, of hearing Your Word seat down, Lord God, and change us and mold us from glory to glory. Lord, be with each one tonight. Many needs, I'm sure, Father God. I've got so many myself, Father. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you could just move on the scene, I pray. Lord, be with Brother Daniel and families as they travel back this weekend, Father. I pray that you, Lord, give this church a special blessing, Father God. I pray that each one here, Lord God, would just draw closer to you in a fresh way, Father. I just commit them now into your hands, Lord Jesus, just as your servant, Father. I thank you for the fellowship that we've had one with another, Lord. Just praise you now, and I be careful to give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise tonight as we depart this evening, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory. Just whatever's on your heart, brother, to sing. God bless y'all. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Oh, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me, oh, create in me a clean Renew a right spirit within.
try this one. I wanted to try Wednesday and I couldn't figure it out, but we're going to figure it out if that same spirit is F. Let's try F. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Let's go to the It Will Quicken. It shall quicken your mortal body. I'm going to get it. Let's try D. Maybe that's right. I'm not quitting. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, dwell in you. Oh, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, dwell in you. Oh, it will quicken your mortal body if that spirit dwell in you. Quicken your mortal body if that spirit dwell in you. Oh, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, dwell in you. Oh, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, dwell in you. Praise 
rise from the dead. Dwell in you. Dwell in you. It shall quicken your mortal body. If that spirit dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. If that spirit dwell in you. Amen. Amen. I'm glad she understands music more than me. She knew what key for me to go to. We only have two, but I'm so thankful for our musicians. Amen. You get comfortable with a platform full of musicians, and then when you don't have them all, you get a little nervous, or at least I do. I can't speak for you, but I'm certainly thankful that they were both here because y'all did not want me up here with no music. I know that's right. Brother Siggy would have been up here duetting with me trying to make it work, I think. Amen. Isn't God good to us? Amen. It certainly is. Um, if you wanted to give towards a uh, pastor appreciation gift, you can do that by seeing um, well, one of the trustees tonight or one of the deacons or one of us trustees on Wednesday. Um, or if you want to go through Cash App or PayPal, uh, you can do that as well. Amen. We'll sing this and we'll be dismissed. Uh, be in prayer for the service on Wednesday at 730. And just look forward to seeing what the Lord will do for us Wednesday. Key of F. The more I trust him, the more I love him. Nothing good for me he'll deny. The longer I know him, the better I can show him. I couldn't stop now if I tried. Oh, it gets sweeter as the days go by. It gets sweeter as the moments fly. Oh, richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter, 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 sweeter as the days go by. Oh, the moment you saved me, His good grace He gave me, He placed His love down deep in my heart. Great joy in knowing with him I'm going, never more from him to depart. Oh, it gets sweeter as the days go by. It gets sweeter as the moments fly. His love is richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter. Sweeter, sweeter, sweeter as the days go by. Oh, it gets sweeter as the days go by. It gets sweeter as the moments fly. His love is richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter. Sweeter, sweeter, sweeter as the days go by. God bless you. You can be dismissed. The moment he saved me, the good grace he gave me, he placed his love down deep in my heart. It's great joy in knowing with him I'm going, never more from him to depart. Oh, it gets sweeter as the days go by. It gets sweeter. 
later as the moments fly His love is richer deeper fuller sweeter 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 sweeter